Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. And on to the grass court season we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Passing Shot, your tennis catch-up podcast. This week, Matteo Berrettini serves his way to the title in Stuttgart. Manorino ends final drought in Hertogenbosch. And Caroline Garcia wins on the underwater courts in Nottingham. Let's play. And I said underwater courts... The weather has been absolutely abysmal across the whole of the UK this week. The Cricket World Cup's been affected. All the tennis has been affected. Like literally every indoor court possible in Nottingham, I think, was used for tennis this week. Uh, Kim, how are you doing? Were you affected? Were you affected by that weather? Not at all. I've been sunning myself on the beach. Can't remember the last time I saw rain. I'm in Portugal at the moment for any listeners who don't know. Uh, not in some kind of strange place in the UK that's managed to avoid all the rain. Um, but yeah, Nottingham is was the grass court tournament that wasn't because they had about five consecutive days of rain. Numerous kind of delays going on and off court, being moved indoors halfway through a match. Um, so in terms of players wanting to get grass court practice, I'm not entirely sure that's that's been entirely successful this week. And what was a total nightmare was they had a men's tournament and a women's tournament there at the same time. So they were seriously, um, you know, they had to cater for both men and women uh, Yeah, with indoor courts in Nottingham. I think they had to use indoor courts from the university, literally any court they, that had a roof on it. I think there was some some sort of uh, professional tennis going on. Well, um, it's a good job they had those indoor courts because I don't know what they would have done. Um, and a big shout out to all the fans who have, you know, dealt with all the delays. It, it does take buckets of patience, um, you know, when you're at a live tennis event and you're just sort of waiting and waiting and it's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, the... Um, the final, the women's final is literally just finished as we're recording this. So Dan Evans is is now on court playing his second match of the day, as you do, uh, catching up because of the weather. Uh, so let's, let's begin with the women's final, which was the top two seeds, Caroline Garcia, Donna Vekic. And that's just finished. It's been a really close match. Caroline Garcia has won in a last set tiebreak. So, you know, despite all, this, all the delays and, you know, dramas of the week, uh, I think a pretty cracking match to finish on um even just for those two to get to the final it was kind of quite dramatic Garcia she finished off her semi-final this morning against Jennifer Brady uh 
that was delayed overnight because of the rain. And then Donna Vekic, she had a weird match in her semi against Tatiana Maria. She dropped the first set 7-5 and then she she won 11 games on the trot and then they had to stop for a break. Oh. And then she came back, finished it off. So she double bageled uh, Tatiana Maria in those last two sets. But yeah, a good final between between the top two seeds. Yeah, just on that semi-final, that is an absolutely mad scoreline. 5-7, 6-love, six 6-love. Six uh what what happened what happened there i have no idea but uh garcia vekic final both quality players sounds like they put on a a decent match for the fans and yeah was on a grass court so people could actually watch it because the one of the annoying things i guess was you know the fact that the tournament a lot of it was on the indoor courts was that there wasn't any place for spectators to watch it you know it was uh there were, I think there were streams, but in terms of going there and watching it in person, if you're a fan and, and paid your ticket, couldn't get access to those indoor courts. What kind of streams are you referring to, Joel? Physical <laughs> streams, water flowing through oh, the courts? Yeah, well. Yeah. Or the technical sort. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at this, the final, well, no, the semi-final was Vekic's first grass court match that she'd actually completed because against, uh, I think it was the quarterfinal with Mladenovic, they moved indoors halfway through the match. So all that commotion about the Wimbledon roof last year in the semi-final, uh, you know, should they should they carry on with the roof closed as they had played the day before? Uh, well, you know, in Nottingham, you can start a match on one surface, finish on another. So <laughs> it all happens in Nottingham. Um, we also had the tournament with a million different names out in Holland, Um I, I thought I said it. I think I said it pretty well in the intro. Do you I think, think you did. Yeah, um, we did have a bit of help. I think from our Twitter followers in the <laughs> week where we asked how to say this. Her Togenbosch. I think the S is silent. Um, also known as Ross Marlin or the Lebema Open. Um, yeah, we had an, another dramatic final today in in uh, Ross Marlin. Alison Risk saved five championship points to beat uh, top seed, home favourite, newly sort of newly promoted world number four, Kiki Burton's to win only her second WTA title of her career. Another weird scoreline, Joel, you'll love this. Um, Risk lost the first set six love and then she clawed her way back winning seven, six, seven, five in the last two sets. Yeah. And she was, I think she was four, one down in the second set as well. Uh, she uh, that that's an unbelievable result considering that Kiki Burton was in front of her home crowd she probably had like 99.9% of the fans like cheering for her uh Alison Risk you don't really associate with getting to women's finals. tour <laughs> women's tour finals Kiki Burton is a pretty decent player in front of a home crowd. <laughs> pretty so you'd decent. kind of expect her to just kind of, you know, after winning the first set with Bagel, you'd just kind of go go on and kind of expect her to finish the job. Well, I think it'd been kind of smooth sailing for Burton's all week. And I thought, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's picked up where she left off, you know, before the French Open when she had to, you know, withdraw, didn't she, at the French because of illness. But yeah, I mean, actually, though, credit to Alison Risk. She... She had to fight back in her semi um, against Kudermetova. Kudermetova. I have to work on the pronunciation of that one. <laughs> um, but also she had lost, I think, her last six tour finals. So it's been a long time coming for her to get her second WTA title. But perhaps not the biggest surprise because she won Surbiton on the grass last week. So she's actually now on a 10-match winning streak on the grass. And yeah, she's won two titles. 
uh, already. So yeah, she is um, a very good grass court player. She's, she won Serverton a few years back as well, I think, or, or last year even. Do you know what? I'm just looking at the draw, Kim, and the bottom half of the draw, no seeds actually made it out of the first round. So literally it was all unseeded players in that bottom half uh, from round two. And yeah, Alison Risk was the, you know, made the most of that. And yeah, as an unseeded player, got through to the final, um, beat Alexandrova, as you said, Kuda Matova in the semifinals. And yeah, unseeded, comes up against Kiki Burton's. I think her head-to-head as well. I think she was like 0-3. Yeah, she'd never beaten her before, yeah. so (laughs) Absolutely crazy. (laughs) Well, well done to Alison Riss. But there was also a men's tournament um, in Hertogenbosch this week, wasn't there? Yes, there was. uh, Another, uh, a a 250 event. And um, yeah, Frenchman Adrian Manorino won it. Uh, The story there is that he actually went into the final with an O pretty terrible record in terms of finals. He was 0-6 in ATP Tour finals. He was in his seventh final facing off um facing off against uh Jordan Thompson um of Australia. He had battled through uh I think three three seeds in the event. I think he took out uh Chorich in a final set tiebreak. Um, and he took out, yeah, Goffan and, and Vadasco, who, who were pretty nifty players as well. So I think, you know, he got to that final and, yeah, he beat uh, Jordan Thompson 7 6 6 3 in two quite tight sets, uh, just over kind of a couple of hours. And, uh, yeah, won his, won, his debut, um, won his debut ATP title. And I was just kind of looking at the pictures on Match Point. It meant so much to him. He went to the ground. It was like he was like his, uh, you know, it was like his own Grand Slam moment. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was so happy. Seventh, seventh time, seventh time's the charm, Kim. Well, hopefully, people won't accuse him of over celebrating like they did with the American Women's World Cup team. But yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's thirty years old, so he's been, you know, he's been around a while on the tour, and so it's it's nice, yeah, that he's finally won an ATP title I, I kind of just assumed he already had to be honest um but yeah we also had Gasquet uh, I think getting to the semis so uh he yeah back on the grass where we love seeing Gasquet <laughs> yeah I was almost expecting him to go on and win it because he seems to love he seems to love playing there I think he won it last year and you know when I saw him along with Manorino Thompson and a Chorich in the semi-finals. I thought it was going to be like a, a maybe a Gasquet, a Gasquet Chorich uh, final, and I thought Gasquet might have might have won that. But um, but yeah, but yeah, Jordan Thompson also is he's on a, a good run of form. Um, Eighteen and eleven on the season. He's got three top thirty victories, I think. So um, you know he comes out comes out of that final, even though you're having lost it, still with a, a lot of credit to his name. And uh, you know he'll be he'll be looking to to push on. Um, as we go into the, you know, le- le- go into the next phase of, of the grass season. Yeah, exactly. And we also had Stuttgart, uh, which is the slightly higher ranked tournament, I suppose, ATP 500 this week. Um, and we had Matteo Berrettini, who's one of this season's kind of in-form rising players. Um, he beats Felix Oje Aliasim, another of this year's rising players, in the final in straight sets, six four seven six. Um, yeah. that, was a, that was an intriguing match. Um, I mean, I kind of thought Felix Auger Aliasim, or FAA, as we should probably say, uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a mouthful otherwise. I kind of thought he'd, he'd um, 
he'd go ahead and do it because he's now lost. Well, it was his third ATP final that he's lost. Um, and I don't, I hope he's not going to be one of those players that kind of, you know, is consistent and does well, but just fails at the final hurdle, you know, because it's very frustrating. I, I, I was almost expecting um, FAA to, to win the final. I mean, we've got to remember, I think the craziest thing about it was that was his first ever grass court tournament. And to get to the final was fantastic. Now, you know, if he had come up against a fit uh, Milos Renic in the semi-finals, I think you know, I, I probably would have, uh, I probably would have thought that Renic would have won that. But um, because Renic conceded, you know, Oje Aliassim get got to the final. You know, lots of confidence on you know building on his season. But yeah, Berrettini was just um, a bit a bit too much uh, to ask. And I think you know what Berrettini. Berrettini has kind of showed us that I think he's the first player this season to have got to the semi-finals on three different um, court surfaces. So, you know, this isn't a guy who's just kind of like, you know, a clay court specialist or, you know, or, or whatever. He, he's, he's an all, he's an all court, he's an all court player. And, you know, we talk about Italian tennis at the moment, you know, Fognini's just reached the top 10 and, and, and Berrettini's not actually that far behind. So, you know, come potentially if you know if both those play in like in Davis Cup, you know that is a that is a pretty that is a pretty strong team. Yeah, Italy could uh, yeah could be ones to be in the Davis Cup top team. But yeah, Berrettini is going to be number twenty two, I think now. So seeded, you know, at Wimbledon. Um, yeah, all court specialist. He he should have been playing in Nottingham really because he could have, you know, he could have, um, you know, instead of going to three different tournaments, he could have done all surfaces in one week uh, just up in Nottingham but um, we also saw um, Jan Leonard Struth in the semis so he's you know in good form off the back of was it the fourth round he reached at Roland Garros Um, and we also saw Dustin Brown uh, coming out of wherever he's hibernation. been hibernation he's come yeah. out of hibernation for the grass, <laughs> for the grass season, course kid. <laughs> and he beats uh, Zverev as you do in three sets. Uh, yeah, it was, it was only Dustin Brown's second tour level match of this year. Uh, but he's always an entertaining player to watch, especially on the grass and has, you know, had a few big scalps in his time, hasn't he? Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember when we were, Kim, I remember when we were at the Australian Open and he, his, what his match was one on, on one of the outside courts late, late, uh, late into the evening and, there was just such a buzz around his match in terms of it was just like an absolutely massive crowd. And it feels like he's one of those players that when he goes onto the tennis court, you know, everyone just wants to go watch him. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of the, the highlight reels from uh, from this week in Stuttgart, but he had some incred- some more incredible um, passing shots, acrobatics, you name it. And um, yeah, he just seems he just seems to love playing on a grass court. Yeah, no, and if you see him play doubles with Monfils, that's also quite an entertaining watch. But yeah, he, um, as you said, he sort of comes out of hibernation, doesn't he, for the, for the grass. So it'll be interesting to see what he, um, I, I don't know if he's going to be playing Haller or I assume he would home tournament for him. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, so that's a bit of, of the results from the main tour events this week. So let's just take a quick break. Okay, listeners, uh, we've got a bit of a treat for you. Um, we are introducing a new feature this week. 
It's called, well, I've tentatively called it, uh, Kim, the mysterious player segment of the passing shot. Ideally, I wanted some music to play beforehand, which was going to be like Mysterious Girl by Peter Andre. (laughs) It would be like, oh. Uh. (laughs) Well, you could just sing it Mysterious player. Um, (laughs) Actually, that's not a bad shout. Well, uh, yeah, mysterious player. Any vocalists amongst our passing shot listeners (laughs) that could record us a rendition, perhaps? (laughs) So in in this segment, um, uh, Kim, what I'm going to do is almost kind of like a a who am I? Um, I'm going to give you a clue about a player and you've got to basically tell me which player it is. And I'm going to start off with some really niche kind of clues and then the more uh, you know if you're not able to answer it and i give you another clue they get progressively hopefully more obvious and uh we'll see you know we'll see how far how many clues i have to give you and then the idea is you could you can go away for the next next episode and you can you can do the same you can do the same to me um the only rule is it's for our listeners it's it has to be either a present or past player. Um, and yeah, listeners, feel free to um, guess as well as, as we go on. So, uh, Kim, are, are you ready for your, for your clues? I've never been so ready in all my life. <laughs> I absolutely love quizzes. I'm obsessed with them. So, yeah, please, um, first starter for 10. Okay. I went to school with brad gilbert okay so american player i assume around how old is brad gilbert 50 40s 50s okay next one i was a semi-finalist in the boys singles at the 2012 australian open what in sorry in the boys in the boys singles in the boys' singles. At the 2012, 2012. Australian Open. How can you go to school mm-hmm. with Brad Gilbert but be significantly younger? Do you mean he just went to the same school? Sorry, yeah. Oh, right. I went, he went to the same <laughs> school. Ah, oh, Kim, I'm sorry. I've, I've screwed it up. But yeah, went to the same school. Okay, that's fine. Right. Oh, gosh. Okay, so American. Yeah. Uh, is, no, Isna would be too old. Um, a young American... Um, you can have as many guesses as you want. Taylor Fritz. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, actually, I think his juniors might have been a couple of years later than that. Uh, next, next okay, next week. one. Okay. I quite like this one, actually. <laughs> I was the first unranked player ever to qualify for a Masters 1000 event. Unranked player? So, what, he, he wasn't even like had a ranking of like 900 or something i want to say like ryan harrison no completely wrong completely wrong (laughs) do i have like a certain number of guesses or can i just well i'm hoping by the final clue you'll be able to get who it is but i think you've got (laughs) is that two wrong guesses yeah okay okay okay. you want the next clue yes please i am 24 years old Okay, so still relatively young. 24-year-old American. 
Oh, uh, no, Riley Appel could be too young. Is it... Um... Actually, I mean, it might not be an American because when you're saying school, do you mean university? Like, because Americans call university school. school. No, he went to school. Okay, like high school. school. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, my days. I've literally forgotten all American players, like, ever. Um, yeah, not the Harrisons, not Taylor Fritz, not Riley Apelka. My mind is... is, is uh, going from John Isner to like Taylor Fritz and that there's obviously a generation <laughs> in between that I'm completely missing out. Um, next clue. N- next clue. Okay. Yeah. I was coached by former world number six, Wayne Ferriera when I was 13 to 18 years old. Oh. And I've got, I've got three clues left after this one. By the final one, I'm pretty sure you'd be able to get it, but I'm wondering <laughs> if you can get it before then. Oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, um, I mean, they could they be Canadian, not American, maybe? Um, oh, next one, please. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded my first top 10 win this year against Juan Martin Del Potro in Delray Beach. Oh, um, mm. it's, oh, no, I'm thinking it's not an American player and it's like a South American player who might have moved to America and gone grown up there. Christian Garin? No. (laughs) Oh, I think that's three, three wrong answers. I've got two clues, two clues left. Okay. And Donald Jung is way too old, isn't he now? Yeah. Okay. Four, four wrong answers now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I reached the fourth round of Wimbledon in 2018. Oh, Francis Tiafo. Is, is it no, him? Tiafo. No, it's not Tiafo. <laughs> it's not Tiafo. Oh, no. Fourth oh, round, no. 2018. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not normally this bad at quizzes. Um, oh, fourth round, 2018. Mm. I think I'm getting stuck on nationality. I think it's not actually an American. It's an American. Oh. Okay. Next. <laughs> next. Next and final clue. <laughs> I lost to Grigor Dimitrov 8-6 in a fifth set at the Australian Open. Oh, my God. Mackenzie McDonald. <laughs> there we go. There oh my, we go. Oh, my God. That's so annoying, Joel, because, like, two years ago at Surbiton, I watched Mackenzie McDonald play, <laughs> and I was like, this guy has the, the same name as my surname. And, <laughs> well, that's oh, why I picked him. How why could I, I have forgotten him? him? Oh, so sorry, Macca, as uh, I think his fans like to call him. Oh, that's a good one. You really like, got me right. on that. I completely forgot about it. I think it's because he's not really been doing an awful lot on the tour of late. So, but yeah, well, no, you stumped me on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna you 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 can have the you can have next week's uh, mysterious mysterious player edition, and you you can challenge me. Hopefully, I can do a bit better than I think you had five five <laughs> wrong guesses. <laughs> I would love to know um, if yeah. our listeners um, were also able to, 
to get it and at what stage you guys got it so let us know <laughs> and i will Great come stuff. back with uh i will get my revenge on you next week Joel. <laughs> just you wait oh, I'm looking forward to it <laughs> looking forward to it <laughs> right shall we uh shall we head back head back into the sh- into the show brits on tour kim lots to talk about where where are we starting well, let's go back to Nottingham because most of our British players were in action on the underwater courts. Um, and actually, Dan Evans is in a final as we speak whilst we record this. So he's playing Evgeny Dostoy or Donskoy. I think. Donskoy. <laughs> Dostoy. I've started to say like. Dostoyevsky. Yeah, <laughs> Russian writer. Um, let me just have a look at the score. Um, because yeah, Dan has been on fire this week. He's, he's, he's a, a breakup. Break yeah. Come on. <laughs> so hopefully, Come he, on. well, I don't think he'll finish before, by the time we finish recording today, but yeah, Dan Evans, uh, best of the Brits in Nottingham this week. Um, but we also had, um, Paul Jubb winning for the first time on the Challenger Tour. He beat Jürgen Zopp of Estonia in three sets before losing to the fifth seed, Dennis Novak. So, um, yeah, it's good that he's kind of notched his first his first Chally win, and we just look forward to seeing more of him. And also, I saw uh, this guy in the draw, and I've never heard of him before. Ryan Penniston. Do you know much about Ryan Penniston, Joel? No. Uh, uh, yeah, no. I, the first time I had heard of him literally was yeah in the Nottingham draw because he had a, a pretty pretty decent um, pretty decent event, didn't he? Yeah, he got to the third round. Uh, he beat Tomic en route, uh, but Tomic did retire. So, you know, unsurprisingly. Um, but yeah, he's ranked 681 in the world. And he was, uh, I think he got a wild card into qualies. But yeah, so he did well getting to the third round and eventually losing to Antoine Huang, who did really well at Roland Garros um, a few weeks ago. Um, so that was our kind of British men up in Nottingham. Um, the women, Harriet Dart, Probably had the best tournament. She won a match, um, then lost to Tomljanovic in the second round. But Heather Watson and Katie Swan both lost first round. Um, so yeah, um, I'm hoping Dan can can clinch victory in Nottingham because that would be his second title in a row after winning Serbton last week. Um, but elsewhere, we have a lot of Brits in action. Um, other grass court events. So we've had Queens Qualies this week. Uh, James. James Ward has qualified. Uh, he beat Karlovich today in straight sets. So he's going to be in the main draw. And I think he has been drawn against, yeah, Gilles Simon he's got in the first round. Winnable. So, yeah, Winnable. I think that's tomorrow. Because, I mean, he had that great run, didn't he, to the semis a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, Jack Draper, I think you, did you, you went to Queens, didn't you? You saw yeah, him play. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw, I watched that match actually, Draper versus uh, Bublik and very, very bizarre match. Very much uh, it ebbed and flowed to one, from one player to the other. I don't think both players played their best tennis at, at the same time. Um, but Draper, I mean, is still kind of, you know, he's 17 years old. So I was really kind of interested to see him live for the, the first time. And, you know, he's certainly, I mean, what stood out to me is he's a very tall, he's a very tall guy and he looks like he's got a very big, you know, serve on him. Um, perhaps, uh, you know, I think kind of looking at his game, yeah, I think the serve is almost kind of the foundation, similar to, you know, similar, I guess, to kind of a Carl Edmund in that, yeah, he's got a big serve and a big forehand. And yeah, it's just kind of, 
you know, feeling his way onto, uh, hopefully onto the ATP tour and, you know, matches against, you know, getting wild cards into these kind of qualifying draws and playing players get like public who I think is, you know, top hundred in the world. It's just going to give him, you know, really good, uh, a really good grounding, really good experience in terms of playing, you know, guys that, you know, in the future, you know, he'll look at and think, actually, you know, I can, I can beat you. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, I mean, just going back to Queen's, our Brits have got maybe not the easiest draw. Uh, so we've got Cam Norrie playing Kevin Anderson tomorrow on centre court. Dan Evans has been drawn against Stan. So, uh, you know, I th- again, even that I think is winnable for Dan. You know, he's in good form. Well, he, and he has history he with Stan, didn't he? Yeah, didn't they? Did they play each other last year? And it was a really almost Evans nearly, nearly had him. Very nearly had him. Yeah, possibly. I mean, Stan was just coming back. Was that no? That was too. I can't. I'm losing track of years now. But I mean, I think Stan is in better form than he was then. But uh, we've got Jay Clark as well up against Lucas Pui, and Carl Edmund is playing Stefanos Tsitsipas. So that'll be one that everyone will have their eyes on. Um, you know, especially a lot of the people attending Queens, this would probably be the first chance that they, I guess, will have to watch Sitsipas in action since he's kind of risen up. Um, and then obviously Andy Murray is back in action playing with Feliciano Lopez, although they have drawn the top seeds, Cabal and Farah, in their first round doubles match. So uh, we'll be eagerly watching that one as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think that's been confirmed. I think that was confirmed today that that's going to be on the Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I don't know how a doubles round one match can be on a Wednesday of a, a tournament that is only on until Sunday. But um, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing Andy Murray back on back on a grass court, back on a well, back on a tennis court. Back on court. a court, <laughs> any court. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see how he does. I mean, this could. I feel like this. You know, against the top seeds. It, Against quite an established doubles team, and you know, as a, you know, let's be honest, this is a scratch pairing between Murray and Lopez, and you know, regardless of how good these players are, coming up against a well-oiled, well-drilled team in Cabal and Farah, that is, you know, that is going to be a very, a very tough ask. Yeah, I don't think Murray will will win that one, but you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, we also had Birmingham qualifying going on this weekend. Um, Sadly, um, almost all of our British uh, players fell in the first round of qualies. So Freya Christie, Eden Silver, Tara Moore and Sarah Gray all fell in the first round of qualies. Nake the Baines, she won a quali match and I believe she was playing her second qualifying match just a bit earlier. So she, yeah, she lost that. She lost to Lauren Davis. So that's a pretty tough match. Um, but interestingly, um, again, the the Birmingham draw the most uh, interesting thing is perhaps that Harriet Dart is going to be playing doubles with Venus Williams. So that one, <laughs> one for the cards, isn't it? I mean, where did that, where did that come from? Random partnership. Um, I think that'd be great though for Harriet Dart. I mean, that's a experience playing with Venus on a grass court. So, you know, I hope she savors every moment. Uh, but yeah, Joe Conto will be back in action as well. So um, she's got Contivate first round. Heather Watson's playing Stritzkova. Dart's got Putin Saber in the singles first round. So, yeah, loads of Brits in action um, in Birmingham. Um, also, I saw this on um, <clears throat> coming up on, on Twitter. A few people were mentioning it. Fran Jones. So she's an 18-year-old British girl. She's just won back-to-back uh, ITF titles out in Minsk in Bulgaria. 
Um, I've I've never heard of Fran Jones, but so I was doing a bit of research. Uh, she's ranked 457 in the world, but remarkably, um, she has a condition called ectrodactyly ectodermal dysplasia, which is um, a condition that has caused her hands and feet to develop abnormally. So she was actually born with six fingers and seven toes, yet she um, is a professional tennis player, and you know is absolutely not letting that stop her uh, I think it's amazing and uh yeah I mean it remains to be seen how far up she's gonna get but you know winning two ITF titles back to back wins a win so if she can kind of get up and start getting into kind of some of the main events you know getting wild cards into into some WTA events um you know maybe this time next year she'll be she'll be in like Surbiton, Nottingham Collies etc who knows um and we also had on the doubles on the doubles court this week a title for Dom Inglot so going back to the tournament with many names Ross Marlin Lebema Open Hertog and Bosch yeah Dom Inglot won that one with Austin Krychek um their first trophy together uh, as a team so they won that on the match tie break and then we had Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski playing together for the first time uh, they reached the quarterfinals and so did Joe Salisbury with his partner, just, Raji Ram. Just a note on that Jamie Murray um, result. Uh, I think his ex-partner now, Bruno Suarez, he, I think he won a title with, uh, yeah. I want to say, Pier- was it Jonathan John Pierce? Yeah, John they Pierce. won in Stuttgart. But I was confused because I thought Bruno Suarez was going off to play with Matej Pavic and that is still the case, but I guess Pavic was occupied elsewhere this week so Bruno has teamed up with John Pierce and yeah, as you do just go win a title together um I think it's like the second time they've played together uh but Luke Bambridge Johnny O'Mara they reached the quarterfinals at Stuttgart um and also the British girls Sarah Gray and Eden Silver they got to the quarters of Nottingham in the doubles so some you know not some bad results there um but we had talking of Nottingham we had one of our listeners and passing shot um fans uh out on the ground in Nottingham um we all uh know and love him as tennis on telly off Twitter so let's have a listen to what Lee had to say from his uh time at Nottingham this week Hi Joel and Kim, um, it's Lee here uh, with my report from the Nottingham Open or the Nottingham Closed as it's uh, happened to end up being on quite a few days. Um, there's not a lot you can do about weather I guess um, and I'll try not to have a whinge too much about the the wind and the rain that affected uh, quite a few days of play but anyway I went uh, Saturday, Sunday and Friday so only one out of those three days got completely washed out which was Saturday first day of qualifying luckily they managed to catch up the whole program uh, and play all of the qualifying matches first and second round on the Sunday so uh, Sunday had great weather for the majority of the day a little bit of rain towards the end of the day but on the whole a good day um, really good friday then quarterfinal day quarterfinals day uh the first day that uh get that they then had managed to play on grass having moved the majority of the draw indoors um they moved all of the uh, atp challenger matches indoors and uh, up to that point and the only matches left were the um 
WTA quarterfinals, which they started outside. Uh, so uh, Tom Lanovich versus Maria, the first match on, um, which was a good match. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Managed to get through that one with uh, little interruption and really enjoyed that one. The second match of the day, uh, Kiki Mladenovic against Donna Vekic. Uh, also a good match to watch. Um, unfortunately, uh, don't know whether you put this down to bad decision making um, or whether it really was the right thing to do, but they had to finish that match indoors. Um, so a lot of people waiting around while they made that decision. And actually, at the end of the day, it was bright and sun- bright sunshine in Nottingham as people left. So you could argue that it was a little bit of a similar situation with what they did with the men's semi-finals at Roland Garros. However, um, overall, I'd say throughout the week they'd made good decisions on keeping the the tournament going um and yeah like i say there's not a lot you can do about the weather aside from the weather then nottingham i think i still think is a great tournament um there is loads of space at nottingham loads of things for people to do they really look after the people attending the tournament um it's great for kids they put on activities on the hard courts that they've got there um so yeah not a bad tournament to go to um like I say, lots of space, centre court, pretty big, um, and you have access to the outside courts as well. Uh, they have four outside grass courts there, um, plus they have uh, another number of practice grass courts, which sometimes in the past they have used for matches as well, um, and then they have a load of hard courts, and they put loads of stuff on the hard courts for, for um, kids and activities, uh, wheelchair tennis on those and uh, other activities. So it's great for families to go to. I would thoroughly recommend going to Nottingham if you can. I can just hope this, hope and pray that they have better weather next year. Um, I think also this year they were probably um, had a bit of a double whammy because they were not back in terms of the field with Conta and Barty pulling out. But that's in a way a good thing because of their success at the French Open so um, yeah not too disappointing and still some great players and overall if there's been better weather great tournament all round that's it um, I'm in Birmingham this week that's where I'm recording this from and hopefully we'll catch up with you guys soon take care bye bye do you know what I'm just actually glad he actually got to watch some tennis <laughs> <laughs> given the uh, given the the weather situation in, in Nottingham but uh, yeah thanks thanks Lee for that um, we're yeah we're now into the the British season so uh, yeah anyone who's going to any up-and-coming grass court tournaments uh, we'd love to hear you if you want to appear on the fan eye segment give us your kind of tips for the tournament your experience of the event you're going to uh, we'd love to hear you anyone going to Halle or, or Queens next week especially um, we'd love to have you on the show so um, yeah if you want to kind of be on the fan eye segment just uh, let us know you can either contact us on Twitter uh, just at passing shot pod or you can drop us an email uh, passing shot pod at gmail.com So now we're going to move on to scoreboard stories, Kim. And I've got a few. I've got a few stats for you this week. Some, um, you know, we've seen some surprising. We've seen some surprising scorelines already. Now I wanted to alert you to. We've just spoken about Queens qualifying, Halle qualifying in Germany has also thrown up uh, a big, a big, um, a big hoodoo that's been broken, Kim. Um, <laughs> Misha Misha Zverev 
uh, beat uh, Lloyd Harris from South Africa in the first round of qualifying. Um, he beat him in three sets, um, 6-3, 5-7, 6-3. But the, the significant thing about this result, Misha Zverev, before this match, was on a 21-match losing streak. Um, in those 21 matches, he had 19 losses... Uh, with one of them including you know retiring um he won one of them uh based on a retirement um but uh yeah he he has not been in 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 great form um he's failed to he failed to win a set in his last nine matches which means he actually lost 19 sets in a row before uh before that qualifying match in Haller um and uh yeah i mean <laughs> When was that is a remarkable loss. <laughs> that mean, is a remarkable loss of form. It's like, I mean, that's like putting Jack Sock's loss of form to shame. I, think. <laughs> like, I mean, that is quite bad. I mean, how demoralizing though. How do you pick yourself up from that? I, it's just, I, has he gone on a, was that the first round of qualifying? So did he actually end up qualifying or did he then go and lose again? <laughs> uh let's let me have a quick let me have a quick look <laughs> let's go and like look up the uh, Haller results da, 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 da. Uh, um, Misha's, I mean to be fair he's won in the doubles because him and his brother won um won a doubles title didn't they earlier in the year oh no Misha Zverev he lost to Andrea Seppi in straight sets in the final round of qualies so that's a streak of one win. <laughs> and actually, do you, do you know something about Seppi? I was going to bring it up earlier. He uh, Before Berrettini, he was the last Italian to win a great grass court title, I believe. Oh, um, yeah. He's so, quite, but yeah. yeah. That would have been Eastbourne, I think. He won a few years <laughs> ago. Um, so yeah, Misha Zverev, he had not won in 306 days. So um, so yeah so i wonder how lloyd harris is feeling right now uh, <laughs> well he had to give zverev some due so he thought oh, i'll yeah. give you this one mate um yeah um elsewhere though kim um in stuttgart uh daniel medvedev uh lost to lucas Puy. but i don't know if you saw in that match uh medvedev had a 29 second service game <laughs> literally served like four aces in a row i think he served like four aces in a row um was absolutely uh mad he didn't go for his towel he didn't do like a rafael nadal like pull your shorts down or you know <laughs> pull your shorts down well you know what i'm saying you rafa doesn't I mean. um streak on court or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh well 29 seconds yeah. is like almost just a bit longer than the shot clock so that is probably like the time rafa would take in between points <laughs> that's crazy how how efficient of medvedev i think he was um he was uh, 5-1 down in the third set when this happened. So I think he just kind of lost the will to live. And he was just like, <laughs> get me off court as quick as possible. Well, and it just races. unlocked. It must have just unlocked something in his mind. Because, yeah, he just like uh, whacked out uh, four races. So, uh, yeah. Um, if you, if you, I think if you search that on Twitter, you can actually see the full, the full game. Um, just to see how quick um, you, can, uh, you, you can play a service game, basically. <laughs> Um, right. Oh. And then um, finally, in terms of scoreboard stories, uh, Donald Young, a name I haven't really, haven't, a name we're all familiar with, I think, but hasn't really done much on the ATP tour, um, you know, since, recently. Well, yeah, since forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh, but he's never quite but, lived um, up to his potential, did he? 
Yeah. But he did. Do you remember? He didn't he take that set off Andy Murray in, in Davis Cup in <laughs> oh, Glasgow? I don't know. I think maybe. Oh. But then, hang on. Misha Zverev beat Andy Murray in a Grand Slam. Let's well, there not, you go. So, so, whose career would you rather have? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Donald Young in the Columbus Challenger. Um, people, people were noting he almost did. Um, he was trying to copy. You know, he may earlier of that day watched the French Open semi-final maybe between Anna Simova and Barty uh, because he lost a set from five love, 40-15 up against <laughs> Denis Novikov. Um, he had set points in four different games and yeah, managed to lose the set. And um, he, he, I think he was just having a bad day at the office. And I think uh, I, I was reading somewhere that he was just saying to himself, this is unreal, man. This is unreal. Um, so he almost couldn't quite believe what was <laughs> well. What was happening. It, it was very real because it happened, <laughs> and he lost the set. <laughs> oh dear, poor Donald. Um, uh, so uh, uh, yeah, so that that that's it from scoreboard stories. Um, the one final thing, Kim. Um, there was another challenger in. I'm probably going to say this wrong. Shime Kent in kazakhstan you're really pulling out these school board stories today joe <laughs> I, I love these places that do you the have a day job <laughs> i know it's great it's so global it's like oh far flung places um, for people who love the um atp uh stroke wta um live score app um if you can look at the draw for uh shime kent in in challenger you could see that um in qualifying Alexander Lazarov uh, and Alejandro Tabio played each other. Tabio won uh, to qualify for the main draw, got into round one. Uh, Lazarov got in as a lucky loser, which is pretty, you know, pretty, you know, does happen. But he actually got a um, he got a round one bye, so he was a lucky loser into the second round of the tournament. Um, I don't know what the circumstances around that were, but it was just uh, it was something to me. I was just like, well, you don't you don't see that every day, but, like but maybe f- you do a fast track. Yeah, like jumping <laughs> up two two rounds. It's like playing Monopoly. It's like fast forward two rounds. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about people taking the place of seeds who had a buy that they would just then get the same advantages of the buy. I guess that is a thing. So. Well, Sorry. well, lucky Lazarov. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it. That's it. That's your lot, Kim, for, for scoreboard stories this week. Um, yeah, if anyone actually, if anyone has got any crazy stats that they, they find when they're kind of, you know, looking at the tin, looking at the tennis every day, like, like we do, feel free to, to share them with us and we can, uh, we'll give you a shout out on, on the podcast um, again. Send them in to uh, tweet us at Passing Shot Pod um, or, or send us an email, uh, Passing Shot Pod at gmail.com because, yeah, we'd love to hear any of your, you know, most obscure, most entertaining, most surprising, whatever it is. We'd love to hear, you know, the facts that, that you guys uh, find on the, uh, you know, it, uh, on all the tennis that, that's going on uh, each, each week. So let's discuss the wild card section where we just kind of, rant on about things in the tennis world um one thing i noticed from the last week that came out was that apparently 
French Open organizers asked employees to fill all the empty corporate seats for the um, the men's semi and the start of the women's final on the Saturday. Um, they said, uh, they, well, they, they told the employees to take off their accreditation and to remain discreet, um, you know, so as to sort of make it look like it was a bit more filled up. Um, so a bit of, you know, I don't know, dirty handed behavior there potentially from the FFT. I mean, if I was working and I got asked to do that, I'd be like, yeah, great. Being paid (laughs) to watch tennis and get like a perfect view. Um, But then another thing that I thought was pretty shocking was that organizers said that they were considering overbooking the seats on like Chatrier uh, and Longdon in a system similar to what airlines and hotels do to make sure that, you know, every seat is actually occupied. Um, because I guess the argument is that a certain percentage of people won't actually turn up and therefore by overbooking, they're going to guarantee that we'll always have a hundred percent, you know, attendance. But I personally think that's a disastrous strategy. I mean, imagine if everyone did turn up, you're going to have some really angry fans. And I think a lot of the people, it's, it's not the fact that people aren't turning up and going into the grounds. It's the fact that they're just off having lunch or on another court um and just taking breaks at the same time so I really hope that that doesn't get introduced because I think that would be even more of a disaster perhaps than the ticketing this year yes uh yeah definitely and uh you know and moving on uh, in, in coaching news um Stan Vavrinka um has hired uh Danny Valverde uh for well for the grass court swing um I actually saw them uh together at uh, Queen's qualifying on one of the uh, practice courts. So uh, yeah, so so Vavrinka has um, brought on uh, Valverde, and that follows uh, Krychek in 2016, Anacone in 2017, and yeah, Valverde 2019. So we'll see if, if that his has grass the... court results can improve. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that has the, de- the yeah. desired the desired effect he's never quite mastered the grass has he yet stan um in other news we also had the wta prime amazon prime deal being confirmed so starting in 2020 uh, wta will be shown on amazon prime i think a minimum of 49 tournaments will be covered next season uh no additional cost to what people would be paying already so um we did allude to that in our one of our recent episodes with with lee from tennis on telly so you can go back and listen in our past episodes to that one if you want a bit more of a lowdown, like the implications, what it means, um, what are the good and the bad points of of having the WTA joining the ATP on on Prime. Um, we also had the Labour Cup Europe team announced. So, well, most of it anyway. We had uh, Dominic Team, Alexander Zverev, Fabio Fognini. Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer have been announced as Team Europe for the Labour Cup, which will take place in Geneva in September. Um, so there's, I think, one more spot left plus an alternate, Joel. And I think um, we asked some of our listeners who they would like to see in those remaining spots. And I think most people said Stefanos Tsitsipas or Novak Djokovic and possibly Monfils as well. What do you make of the team and the lineup? Yeah, uh- I feel like um, I think everyone was kind of surprised a little bit by Fog- Fognini being there. But, yeah, well, he's um, top ten now, so well, ex- exactly. He's having a great season. Um, I think I was probably more surprised. Yeah, Sispas 
wasn't an you know wasn't announced, but you know that remains to be seen. I think that would be a great addition. Um, you know, this is a guy who's very up and coming, and I guess kind of like you know you got Nadal and Federer there. Zverev and Sissipas, that could be, you know, the Nadal-Federer rivalry of the future. future. So, you know, to have them in that kind of close quarters uh, uh, situation, I think that would be, uh, you know, that'd be quite compelling. (laughs) Some fireworks going off there. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) Team USA, uh, well, not Team USA, Team World. Sorry, I'm thinking of the Ryder Cup. (laughs) It felt like Team USA last year, didn't (laughs) it? Well, there was a lot of Americans last year. (laughs) Isner, Sock. Actually, well, only three Americans last year. But yeah, that will be announced by John McEnroe in the next few weeks. Um, Talking of Dominic Team, it was quite amusing this week. I don't know if he was joking. He probably was. But he came out and offered to play mixed doubles with Serena Williams at Wimbledon. Um, I guess to kind of kiss and make up after the the press conference gate that ensued at Roland Garros. Um, and I think we put that out as a poll on Twitter and we said, should Serena accept Dominic Team's, uh, you know, offer and gesture? And I think about 64% of people said yes. And I think that would be quite entertaining to see if they did team up, to be fair. Yeah, I... I I thought it, I thought he said it kind of seriously, but <laughs> I mean he uh, doesn't really play doubles at the Slams, does he? Yeah. So, uh, and if he was going to play mixed doubles, he'd probably play with his girlfriend, who's the doubles world number mm. one. But there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, we will see. Um, I thought it was just quite amusing, um, and hopefully, yeah, there's no you know bad blood actually going on between them. Um, we also had Caroline Wozniacki. She got married yesterday in Italy. So she married basketball player David Lee. Uh, some nice photos are doing the rounds on social media. I think Kerber and the Radvanska sisters were were there, and also um, Serena Williams. So, so yeah, some some nice some nice photos from the wedding. Um, but yeah, I think that that's it for this week, isn't it? So let's let's kind of finish here, and we'll have a quick look ahead to the tournaments taking place in the next week. So we've got Mallorca, Birmingham, Queens, Haller. So we'll be back next week with another catch up on all of those. Um, as we said earlier, Venus Williams is in Birmingham. She's taken a wild card. She's playing doubles of Harriet Dart, but there's also some epic first round matchups. Naomi Osaka against Maria Sakari, Barty against Donna Vekic. I mean, it's Ooh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. For the first round. Um, and we've also got Sharapova. She's back in action in Mallorca. So, yeah, lots happening. We'll be coming back with a full roundup of of the results and Brit- British results as well. And I will, I will get my thinking cap on to <laughs> to try and stun you into submission, Joel, with <laughs> with my mysterious player uh, segment for you next week. Great stuff. I, uh, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of the Passing Shot. Um, hope you hope you enjoyed yourselves. As as Kim said, we'll be back uh, next time to recap um, all the goings on in Mallorca, Birmingham, Queens, and Halle. Uh, and I hope you can join us then. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye.
thanks for taking the time to listen to our show. We're supported by every one of our fans in the Passing Shot community. If you want to become one of them and get the latest updates from your tennis catch-up service, then all you need to do is follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. And if you like what you hear, then why not tell your friends or leave us a rating and subscribe? Thanks for listening.